So when our girls were young, one of our family's favorite movies was National Treasure. Do you remember that one? Uh, and the main character, Ben Gates, is a treasure hunter. And he's been searching for a treasure that is said to be hidden somewhere in the United States. And at the beginning of the movie, they are searching for an old ship. They have a clue that says, the secret lies with Charlotte. Well, when they find the ship, and they, they don't find the treasure, but they do find this, I think it's called a Meerschaum pipe. I think it's an ivory pipe. Um, and of course, that has another clue, which leads them to more clues. One of them is which, did you know this? There's an invisible message on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Uh, and eventually, all of the clues lead them to the Old North Church in Boston. And underneath, down underneath um, the Old North Church, they find a room, but it's empty. And at first they think, oh no, the treasure's been stolen. But then Ben Gates finds this little indentation in a wall, and it matches that pipe that they got at the beginning of the movie. So when he puts this little object into this indentation, it opens up this hidden door that then reveals golden goblets, suits of armor, ancient relics. And when Ben lights this torch, he lights the, or takes a torch and lights this oil, and the oil you know, is all around the room, and so that slowly lights up the room. And the treasure is so vast and so enormous, they can't even see the end of it. And here, people up above at the street level have been walking over this treasure, just going about their everyday life, not realizing what was beneath their feet. As we continue in our study of the book of Colossians, Paul writes about a mystery. And he writes about a treasure. And in this passage, I believe that Paul wants to remind us of the treasure, not that's under our feet, but that is right here in us. Let's go ahead and look at Colossians 1, 24, all the way through 2, 5. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. 
For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of the full assurance of the understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. So I want to talk about that treasure tonight, the treasure that is Christ in you. Christ in you, the treasure that is mysterious and yet available. Verse 126 talks about the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. When Jesus was on earth, he told his disciples that he would send the helper, the Holy Spirit, who would show us the Father and help us to understand. And Paul in 1 Corinthians 2, 7 says this, but we impart a secret and hidden mess wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. And then in verse 12, he says this, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, right? that helps us to understand, to understand this treasure that is Christ in us. The treasure is simple and yet unfathomable. I really like the way that Eugene Peterson in The Message translated verses 27 and 28. And he says, the mystery in a nutshell, is this. Christ is in you. So therefore, you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. That is the substance of our message. We preach Christ, warning people not to add to the message. We teach in a spirit of profound common sense so that we can bring each person to maturity. To be mature is to be basic. Christ, no more, no less. So it's simple. The treasure is Christ. And yet, that treasure is so unfathomable. 
And all of our lives, we will be discovering more and more of what that means, that we have Christ in us. Verse 27 talks about um, the riches of the glory, which is Christ in you, and the hope of glory. And remember that glory means the presence of God. And so in Old Testament times when the temple was completed, the glory of God came down and filled the temple. And in John's gospel, he tells us that when Jesus came to earth, he said, we beheld his glory. Jesus brought the glory of God back onto this earth. And now we have the riches of his glory right here. We have the presence of God closer than a thought right here. Chapter 2, um, verses 2 and 3 also talk about just the riches that we find in Christ because it says, Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, everything we could need for life and godliness found in Christ. The more we mine the depths of Christ, the bigger the treasure becomes. And I was thinking about, you know, like a, when you get a gift and then there's a smaller box inside and a smaller box inside that. And, and as we discover Christ, it's kind of the Narnia thing, right? Instead of the box getting smaller, it actually grows bigger. And C.S. Lewis actually um, gives us that illustration in Prince Caspian and um, the children, this is the second time that they've come back to Narnia. And so they, they know who Aslan is. And when Lucy sees Aslan again, when they, the second time they're coming back. This is the dialogue. Welcome, child, he says. Aslan, said Lucy, you're bigger. That is because you are older, little one, answered he. Not because you are? <laughs> I am not. But every year you grow, you will find me bigger. So how does that happen? How do we mine the depth of this treasure that is Christ? How, does, how do we find Christ bigger? Well, I mean, similar to the Fruit of the Spirit sermon series that we did this summer, right? It is a lifelong process. But, and we have a part in this process. It's about listening to the Spirit who reveals Christ in us. It's about leaning in and obeying the invitation when it comes. Spending time with Christ so that we know him more and more. <clears throat> I wanna talk about a little treasure um, that I felt the Spirit gave me long, long ago, <laughs> back in college days. Um, I wanted to my, it was after my freshman year of college, and I thought I wanted to be a part of this ministry team that was going to be camp counselors at Bible camps for kids. Um, but that was not a paid thing, and I needed to work to help pay for school. My job was with a bank, and I worked for the loan department. 
my job was very exciting. I got to file papers into loan files, right? This is pre-internet days. Um, well, the loan department was housed in an old branch, old bank branch, and so there was a vault, which they weren't using for money or valuables, so that's where they stored all of these loan files. And so I was disappointed that I couldn't go on this ministry trip, that I thought, oh, would, you know, would grow me, and I would get used by the Lord, and all these things. But the, the little treasure, the little box that the Holy Spirit said, said, Anita, when you're in that vault doing this mindless task, pray. You can pray for your friends who are on this ministry trip. Pray for the people that you walked by as you, on your way into the bank. That little treasure, that little invitation that the Spirit gave me ended up being this vast treasure because it taught me how to make prayer or how to have prayer be this conversation. It's like I learned to have this constant conversation with Jesus. And, you know, I don't even know what the impact on the people that I was praying for, right? But it had an impact on me, for sure. So this treasure is simple and yet unfathomable. The treasure that is Christ in you is free and yet definitely worth the cost. We know that Jesus paid the price so that we could have this treasure. But Paul says in verse 24, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. We know that he's writing this letter in prison, right? And then in 2 Corinthians, we have more about the treasure. In verse 7, it says this, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Now, I have never suffered persecution for my faith like Paul did and like people around the world are experiencing right now, right? But I have gone through times of suffering. And what I find is that when I lean in to Jesus during those times of suffering, he becomes bigger. I find more of him in those times. The other cost that Paul talks about in this passage in verse 29 and then through the first verse of chapter 2, for this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. 
For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face. The word struggle here is an athletic term. So, you know, as you're training for something or if you're exercising to stay in shape, right? Um, there's a discipline involved in that. And the church for centuries has talked about practicing spiritual disciplines. Um, and that is, that is a struggle. That is something that we can do, that we can, our part, our work. And we are to work hard, but it's not up to us. Our work should not come out of a sense of pride, oh, it's all up to me, or a sense of fear, but on the dependence, on the strength, the energy that God gives so that we don't burn out. Remember, Jesus said his yoke is easy, and if we are in tandem with Christ's work in our lives, then that struggle will bring life. It'll bring more treasure instead of burnout. Christ in you, this treasure is both individual and yet communal. That, those, that phrase, in you, that's found throughout this passage, it is both an individual, but there's also this idea of the you all, the church, Christ's body, right? Verse 28 says this, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Did you hear that repeated word? Everyone. And it does. It means each and every one. Each and every one that is in Christ can reach maturity. You don't have to go to Bible school. You don't have to be a Bible scholar or a missionary. Every single one of us can become mature in Christ. I loved N.T. Wright's, um, in what he said in his commentary. This goal is possible in Christ. The image of God himself now lives in his people by his spirit, working secretly until their life and his are indistinguishable in their basic character, in true humanity. That's what I want. When I walk into my fourth grade class tomorrow, I want my fourth graders to experience Christ in me, right? That's the best teacher they could have right there. In Galatians 2.20, Paul says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Another aspect of the communal aspect of this treasure, Christ in all of us together, in chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, he says, Paul says, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches. To reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, 
in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. The best way for us to mine the depths of Christ in us, that treasure, and the best way for us to refute the arguments that can come from outside is to do that together in a loving community where we encourage each other, where we can have grace for each other. And as we try things, as we practice, and then we fail, or we make mistakes, or we're not as loving as we should be, we have people to come around us to forgive us, to give us grace, to say, let's try again. Come on, we can do this together. This treasure that is Christ in us. I want to leave you with a couple of questions. What seemingly small thing might the Spirit be inviting you into today? Where might you begin to unearth more of the fullness of the treasure that is Christ in you? Could it be saying, you know what, I think I want to join one of those community groups? Could it be just pulling someone in our body right here and say, can you pray for me? I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling to see Christ in this. A couple years ago, um, it, it's, I'm still growing in this, but uh, when I realized, oh, that wasn't me at all, that was Jesus inside of me, that was Christ. And one of those examples, a few years ago, I had a very, one of, one of my challenging students who really gets inside of you. They just, you just love them. Um, and he was often very angry. And, and he was angry toward his mother. I mean, he told me that right out. Um, but he was one of those kids that could be pretty disrespectful. Um, but he and I, we'd built a good rapport. And he loved to draw things for me and give them to me. And anytime my kids draw something for me, I put it up on a bulletin board, right, to show them that um, it means something to me. And so he had made a lot of these things, a lot of drawings throughout the year. And toward the end of the year, maybe a couple weeks before school was going to end, his behavior, inappropriate behavior, was kind of ramping up. And I was like, man. And I, and I remember as I'm walking into my school building one morning, and the thought comes to my mind, and I know it was the Spirit. And he said, He's getting ready for transitioning into summer where he won't be in your safe classroom and he has to go home to where life is hard. And then the thought came, you can show him love by having him take all those pieces of artwork that he did and make a collage. And so I asked him to do that for me so that I could have it always. And um, he did. And I could tell that it, that meant a lot to him. 
But again, that was Christ in me. I didn't know what was going on with this little fourth grader. And so as you go about your day, maybe start paying attention to, oh, I think the Spirit is asking me to. And that's where we get to see more and more of that treasure that is Christ. Would you stand with me? I'm going to pray, and then Tom and Heather are going to come back and lead us in a couple more songs. And during the first song, if you could come and get the elements for communion. And remember the treasure, it's simple, it's Christ. And so if you didn't get anything out of what I said tonight, it's totally fine. Because we're going to rehearse and remember what Christ did for us through communion tonight. And that is the most important thing. So after the first song, then Megan is going to come up and lead us in communion. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to live here on earth that we could see you through him. Thank you that he died and rose again so that we could have life, life eternal, right here and now. I pray, God, that you would help us, each and every one of us, to listen and to lean in, to find that little treasure that actually can grow to treasure unfathomable. You are so good. Thank you, God, for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.